Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by The Natural Pet Pantry, raw and cooked food diets for dogs and cats. You can find them online at naturalpetpantry.com. Jet City Animal Clinic, another one of our excellent partners. JetCityAnimalClinic.com is their website located on 12th Avenue, Capitol Hill in Seattle. Had Dr. Erica Anderson on the show last week. You can listen to that episode and our over 200 others archived online on dogradioshow.com and also as a free podcast on iTunes. And the dog show is also brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food treats and toys for your dog and cat, allthebestpetcare.com. What a gorgeous day to take your dog for a walk. It really is lovely. I can see the snow-capped mountains. Good point. Past the Seattle skyline right now. Yeah, it's gorgeous out there. It's only going to get warmer, too. It's so exciting. It's going to be warm, sunny. We're going to have a sneak preview of summer here this weekend, it looks like. I am ready, for sure. So be sure and hydrate if you are taking the dogs out, I think, on (laughs) on the weekend, because they say it might actually get up to around 80 degrees. I know. And as it's getting warmer, be careful about uh, keeping your dogs in the car. Right. Because it does not have to be hot. Even a 70-degree day, if it's sunny, that car can get hot real fast. So Mm -hmm. just be real careful about that as we're getting into warmer weather. Um, Well, no guest today, which is not often, but always a pleasure because I always end up when I have so many wonderful interviews and guests week after week after week, um, it tends to build up a lot of things that I want to talk about. So uh, lots of kind of some fun stories, some interesting stories, like in the news and stuff like that. And then um, also going to share a little bit about um, one or two of my um, training clients. I've got some interesting dogs that I'm working with currently as well. So that's actually what I'm going to start off talking about, a little bit of training and behavior and just share a little bit of my world working with people and their dogs Um, I do in-home private lessons and have for over 11 years in Seattle. And um, my company is Sensitive Dog, and you can find me online at sensitivedog.com, in-home private lessons in uh, the greater Seattle area. So I have, um, I, let's see, a year and a half ago now, I guess, did a seminar. Um, I took a seminar with this guy named John Rogerson. He's British. And I'm, I must have talked about it after, after I went. Um, it was a seminar. I think it was three days, um, like all day, three days, nine to five type thing, uh, all about dog aggression. And he is um, he's a really, really interesting guy. Very, very talented with dogs and very, very creative. I mean, talk about thinking outside the box in a really creative, um, perceptive way as far as really understanding the dog's experience. So since I took that um, seminar from John Rogerson, I am I have been applying some of the stuff that I've used. Uh, I'm that some of the stuff that I learned in that seminar, some of his creative things, which has been especially helpful with my especially difficult cases, it seems, which makes sense. The longer that I do this, the harder my clients get. Um, 
and it just really, you know, the depth that we work and really understanding the nature of the behavior, um, it just it c- keeps getting deeper and deeper, which I really love. And, um, you know, I ne- certainly never stop learning. Well, I'm working with this one dog who's who I'm working with currently, and she actually reminds me a lot of my old dog a little bit. Uh, Chewy, he, he was um, very lo- uh, vocal and um, a lot of personality and a lot of presence. And he was a sighthound lab mix. And this dog is a four-year-old female greyhound Great Dane mix. So a little bit different, but um, big girl and has um, the greyhound head. She looks basically like a huge gray, like a huge greyhound. Greyhounds are big enough as it is. They're big. Mm-hmm. Unless you get the mini greyhound. Well, a whippet, which is another breed, which is like the medium. But don't they have a like a miniature Italian. greyhound that's not a not a whippet? It's Italian a greyhound gre- itself, but it's tiny. Well, it's called the Italian greyhound. Italian greyhound. Mm. So it's uh, not technically for those people who might be um, enthusiasts of sighthounds, might not um well, I think would really disagree that it's a mini greyhound, but that's just how I've seen it. Exactly. Presented. Well, yeah. people people think um, like a sheltie. It's like oh, a mini collie because they look like mm-hmm. a, exactly like a mini collie, and in some cases it is like miniature schnauzer. That is technically anyway. So they didn't just shrink a greyhound to make <laughs> the Italian greyhound. Well, or... they'll mix. They'll um, breed in other. Um, I don't know exactly how. There's got to be some wiener dog in there. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, The speed of the dachshund. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just meant the size. No. I'm not sure. I mean, I'd be curious to find out exactly with that particular breed. I don't know off the top of my head what they did to to create the other breeds. Left it in the dryer a little longer. Yeah. (laughs) Kidding, of course. Of course. Well, anyway, so I'm working with this, um, this dog, and she's... Oh, my gosh. She is something else. Uh, vocal, always telling you all about it. Ruh, 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 ruh. Bark, bark, bark. That sounds like Abby the Beagle. Yeah. Living at our house now. <laughs> it, it is kind of houndy. Um, it's not scent houndy, if, if, mm. any, if you are listening and you know the difference. It's not like a bay. But it's got this sort of roll to it. Um and oh, she's funny. Lo- lots of personality, a l- uh, big presence, very vocal. Tells you all about it. Um, also, a very, very nice, good-natured dog. But she's got some um, interesting behavioral challenges. Uh, she's uh, just loses. She comes unglued on leash around other dogs. If the other dog. Um, is showing any sort of and is sort of pushing any energy towards her. If, if she's ignored by the other dog, then she's fine. But if the other dog goes off just a little bit, even body language, it'll set her off. And then there's a dog up the street that is tied out every morning. It's a boxer, and that dog, it just pushes. I mean, the the owner has. A, a specific route that she'll take around her neighborhood to try to avoid all of the places where there's dogs, um, you know, in the yard that might charge the fence or something like that, because it just it just comes unglued. She's not food motivated. She's not food motivated normally. Um, so treats, not an option. Even dogs who are food motivated, oftentimes 
they don't care about food in those moments where something really intense is happening or it's like, well, food is fine now, but I am not hungry right now. I am too upset about this or I'm too focused on this or whatever. So um, treats are not even anywhere in the picture because she's just not a food motivated dog in the first place. And, um, you know, so it's like, well, how do we work on this? Because, um, you know, she's not food motivated. Can't use that to sort of distract her away, which I wouldn't necessarily do anyway. But food can be helpful in reinforcing the behavior that we want. So I started applying this um, trick that John Rogerson, that I learned from John Rogerson. And he, and I, uh, if you're just tuning in, I took a uh, aggression seminar, three-day dog aggression seminar from him about a year and a half ago. And um, so the other thing, too, is like when we're talking about corrections, like, well, how, how can we create a consequence for the behavior without, you know, a tradition, you know, squirt bottle or any sort of correction, like with a leash or collar or training collar, anything like that won't work. It doesn't work for this type of behavior. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to corrections with like those types of corrections, certainly not squirt bottles. Um, And even leash and collar corrections can be helpful, but not as a consequence for this type of behavior. It's just not going to work. And if anything, it's going to make it worse. So John Rogerson has this thing that he does where, like, I'm trying to get this dog to understand, like, to kind of have a little bit of self-control around this boxer that's tied out a block and a half away every morning and to just just ask her to walk by the dog without barking and carrying on and all that stuff. And so he has this thing where you, um, it's a very creative way to, to um, put a consequence in place that the dog's going to care about. That's not really doing anything to the dog. So what we do is um, the owner and I walk her up, and, and she's had a lot of training, so she knows how to walk, you know, at her side in a right here or heel command, and she's good at that, and she knows that. So we have something that we're focusing on that we want her to do, and that's important. So it's not just waiting for her to make a mistake. It's that we're really being constructive and trying to point all of that energy that she has, and she has a lot, in a constructive direction. So we're focusing on what we want, focusing on what we want, praising her for the good job that she's doing intensely as we are trying to walk past this dog. And then at some point, she just, you know, gets to be too much for her, and she just starts mouthing off, barking, 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 barking. Well, what we did is, and this is from John Rogerson, is the owner, who she's very, you know, very attached to, as soon as the dog sort of um, erupts into that behavior, um, the owner sort of exclaims in disgust, oh, hands me the leash and takes off and runs away. And the dog is like, immediately stops barking at this dog who previously she was uncontrollable around. So now she has a bigger problem. She's like, where's mom going? (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. Where's mom going? She just took off. And so then she's focused on where her owner went. And after a bit of time, not too long, 
maybe a minute. Um, she comes, the owner comes back, and they go right back into having her walk at her side and praising her and praising her and praising her for the job that she's doing. Good right here, good right here, good right here. So you're kind of like the cheerleader for what you want. And then as soon as she exhibits this behavior, the owner takes off. And so the dog, after several repetitions of this, we've done this now for two sessions. Um, first session, we notice some improvement, but they can only do it for so long. And then she's just like spent. So, you know, you have to know how far to go and all that stuff, too. So then um, today, this morning, we had our second session and we did it a few times. And we fi- we actually finally did get her to, after just two sessions of doing this, to be able to walk. We did two passes, walked right past this house with this dog barking its head off at her behind a fence that normally she couldn't even get within a block of. She was able to walk by in a right here and, like, just control herself and get through it. And we just, both times, we were just like, yay, good job, good right here, and and uh, praising her, like, partying, like, total cheerleaders for her, which she started to really get into. Um but it's just such a um, such a creative way to put some structure in place and set a boundary with the dog in a way that's really going to make the dog think about what they're doing. You know, working with a dog and giving them responsibility for themselves, but, you know, doing it in a way that's going to be effective and that's going to be also constructive and not doing anything to hurt the dog or scare the dog or anything like that but it definitely made her think um as soon as her mom took off and exclaimed in disgust and it's just letting her know hey don't do that and uh we did get there and uh, she's such an interesting dog and and (laughs) so fun to work with and so really uh so much presence and uh, it was really cool to see that over a couple sessions and probably a dozen or so repetitions total, maybe a dozen and a half total over two sessions to see her be able to walk by this dog who just she couldn't even literally get within a block of before or she would just come unglued. And she was able to keep herself together. Uh, it was really cool to watch and was really cool to get to that place where we were just like totally cheering for her. And she was like, yeah, that's right. I'm awesome. So. John Rogerson, interesting guy. He has a book out called The Dog Vinci Code. Um, He's just got a great take on things, uh, creative uh, looks at things, and um, and really, really in-depth understanding of dog behavior. So check him out if you're interested in that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more of The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U., 
Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Earth Pet and Issaquah, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 5th, it's a special Vet Sunday. Board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist Dr. Tom Sullivan from the Animal Eye Clinic in Seattle joins us. Not only does he treat the eyes of our companion animal friends, he also works on zoo animals, exotics, wildlife, fish, and reptiles. Great stories, advice, and education, plus open phone lines. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Welcome back to the Joper Show, people. Time for the big announcement. As you all have heard, there's many rumblings going on at the Joper Show. Many people, Ellen, Letterman, USA Today, CNN News, all Twittering, trying to find out where is Joper going. Coming May 3rd, on a Friday, at 1 o'clock, we move to a Friday show from 1 to 3. A two-hour explosion, extravaganza. Get ready for the big show moving to Fridays. I'm so excited. May 3rd. May 3rd. 1 big. to 3. 1 to 3. No excuse, truth, or alternative talk. Conscious living for conscious people. Alternative talk, 1150. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Have I mentioned on air that I got tickets to see Pink? Oh, cool. That's why I asked to play some Pink today. Very excited. I don't know if she has a dog. I'll look it up on the next break. She probably does. Probably. (laughs) Um, Yeah, super excited about that. And that song actually kind of related to what I was talking about. Right. Yeah, there you go. It's meant to be. I got to say, the the video is a little shocking if uh, <laughs> if you're looking at it the video. Is. I think it's supposed to be like a parody of the Misery movie, that movie mm, with uh, mm-hmm. Kathy Bates from years ago. Oh, yeah. So Ooh. there's some there's some risque stuff in here, <laughs> but the, it's a catchy song, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not my favorite pink video. The Grammy Awards that she did in 2010 with The Water, if you have not seen that, whether you're a pink fan or not, check it out. It's amazing. And Pink's a great name for a dog, I I would think. Good call. Yeah, especially if you've got a uh, a poodle. Yes. I think Pink would be a good name for a poodle. I don't know. It could be kind of like a little, like, Pink's Pink's not, I mean, Pink the person, she doesn't, she doesn't mess around. No, you she's know? sassy, but, she's, you know, there's sassy poodles out there. There are. There <laughs> are. I think it'd be kind of cute for, like, a Boston Terrier or something like that. A little toughy. Anyway, I'm excited to see her. Very excited to see her. It's in October. Um, Anyway, so first, I just want to say, I I just wanted to thank Jason Collins, the NBA player who came out. The first major professional athlete to come out is a big deal. And that's awesome. It's not an easy thing to do anyway. And imagine, you know, doing this very personal thing and having all of this media attention 
and he's been getting a lot of support, which is great. But I can't, I can't imagine. I know there's a lot of homophobia in professional sports, and and some players are very vocal about it. And it's just a really, really important step. And he's awesome for doing that. I just wanted to say that publicly. Well, undoubtedly, there's been gay professional athletes before, but we don't know about them because of you know the homophobia that would have existed in you know, professional sports. So it's nice that we've gotten to that place where he can come out and it's not a big deal anymore. I mean, it's a big deal in that, it, you know, it hasn't happened before, but yeah. society is not going, oh, my gosh, right. I'm not going to watch basketball anymore. Right. They're like, right. this is cool. Well, and he got a, you know, even from the president, he, uh, President Obama actually was asked about it as he was walking away from the podium mm-hmm. talking about something else and he stepped back to support him. So... It's a, it is an important step. He broke the seal, and, um, you know, he, he's not the, certainly not the only one. So uh, hopefully more more people in general will continue to do that. So I just wanted to thank him for that as a fellow gay person. Um, okay, I saw some interesting stories. Uh, one was on the radio, I heard, and then another one was, let's see, on... Um, the news, a couple of them were on TV, and then one of them I got from Seattle Dog Spot. So just kind of some interesting stories that I think will be that sort of all over the place. So SeattleDogSpot.com is a great website to check out. I mean, it's got pretty much everything you could imagine dog-related, hence the name. Um, Robert Pregelman is the owner of it, and um, he's been on the show a few times. And there's this video of dogs, mother, baby squirrel. Somehow, this guy, I don't know, found an abandoned baby squirrel or something. And there's these two dogs. One of them is like a border collie or Australian shepherd. And then another one looks like a cattle dog mix. And these dogs are totally mothering the baby squirrel. And it's... Very sweet. I'll post a link to it on. I'll post all of the links to all of these on our website, dogradioshow.com. And some of them are on our Facebook page as well. So just uh, search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Facebook and become a fan of our fan page. And you can get um, access to all of these too there. So it's these dogs. Oh, my gosh. First of all, baby squirrels are so cute. I almost couldn't even stand watching it, this little thing. And these dogs are being so sweet to it. Um, but it made me wonder, like, I hope that the squirrel is not going to be released into the wild Hmm. and be like, oh, you know, hi, dog. Right. (laughs) Right. Now the squirrel could be desensitized to Totally. Well, like, you know, it's like mom and, you know, I mean, squirrels for most dogs are like the A number one. Predator. Totally. Well, so maybe I, after the first time a dog chases the, the squirrel, it'll get the idea. <laughs> well, it's, if, if the squirrel oh, gets nuts. away. Right. I know. Squirrels are pretty good at getting away. I don't know, but they know to get away. Right. So I was just like, well, what's the long-term plan for this baby squirrel? Because this may not be, this might be a rude awakening. Um, saw a um, piece in uh, Seattle News on king5.com. Um, a woman re-enters burning apartment to save the dog. And uh, this was, I guess, happened in, in Ballard uh, beginning of April. 
a 57-year-old woman um, got second-degree burns to her head after her apartment caught on fire. And I guess she um, escaped but then realized that her dog was still trapped inside. So she ran back in to the burning unit, um, got the dog. The dog is doing okay and was uh, staying at a neighbor's house while she was at Harborview getting treated for these burns. Um The woman had some serious burns to the head, despite the fact that she survived. Fire officials never recommend you run back inside of a burning building. Of course, they're going to say that. But I think a lot of people listening, if at all possible, would be getting their butt back in that building to get their pet. I know I would be. If at all possible. And and she... She got second-degree burns as a result of it, but she saved her dog. So I'm sure she has no regrets on that one. Um, Interesting, though. I mean, when you're in the moment, who knows what you would do. Uh, I guess you can hire a drug-sniffing dog to search your kid's room for drugs. Hmm. If you are... um, and you know, jerky, probably. But maybe that's just a free service. <laughs> well, anything, really. Right. Um, I think I heard this on the radio that, uh, that yeah, you, your parents are, it's like getting popular. I searched it, and there's all this stuff that came up in all sorts of different cities. Um, oh, you tell me that you're not smoking marijuana, huh? Well, do you want me to bring the drug-sniffing dog over to search your room? <laughs> I mean, it would. I bet it would get. Uh, I bet it would get kids to fess up. McGruff says differently than yeah. what the kids say. Well, you can't hide anything like that from a dog. That's for sure. So, I don't know. I thought that was rather amusing that parents are doing this, hiring professional drug detection dogs to. Uh, it's like a lie detector test for kids, I guess. In that way, I thought that was interesting. Um, I have another um, story that I'm going to get into in the se- in the uh, third segment here after we take another break. Um, there was a piece on the Today Show about the American Kennel Club and um, criticizing the American Kennel Club of uh, registering breeders who are raising dogs in miserable conditions. And it is kind of a big story because the um, Humane Society of the United States and the ASPCA have, like, officially condemned the American Kennel Club um, for this. And it's there's, it's big players in the dog world. And, um, you know, an interesting piece, and I have some stuff to say about it. So we'll get to that in the next segment. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. 
Family Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area. Licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. Every generation needs a voice, and on Mondays at 2 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150, Lewis Howard's show, Head of the House, is the voice for the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Head of the House brings education, insight, and information that brings health and healing to the challenges of managing your home, relationships, and your career. Tune in once, and you will be hooked. That's Head of the House every Monday at 2 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. The new mainstream of talk radio alternative talk 1150 a.m welcome back to the dog show with julie forbes you're listening to alternative talk 1150 talking now about uh this new story that i believe was just out today uh through uh part of the Today Show called Rawson Reports, and it's about the American Kennel Club. This is a pretty big deal, seems to to be to me within the industry. Uh, American Kennel Club registered breeders raising dogs in miserable conditions. Um, I will post a link to this and the other stories that I've touched on in today's show on our website, dogradioshow.com. And you can also find links to many of them on our Facebook page. So be sure to come a fan of The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Facebook if you are not already. So <clears throat> American Kennel Club breeders uh, register their puppies with the American Kennel Club. And uh, the American Kennel Club is a nonprofit organization. I mean, nonprofit organization. It doesn't mean people are not profiting, but in any case, it is an org And it says, there's a video on it, it says, though, um, new accusations that one of the country's largest organizations dedicated to dogs, the American Kennel Club, isn't doing enough to protect animals. Today, national investigative correspondent Jeff Rawson reports, when you go to buy a puppy, you want it to be happy, healthy, and well-treated. A lot of people count on the American Kennel Club to find a breeder. When you see that AKC seal, you think to yourself, I'm getting a good dog, but we've discovered disgusting conditions and sick dogs at AKC registered operations. Um, The Westminster Dog Show is the epitome of canine perfection, and the American Kennel Club is proud to oversee it, calling itself the dog's champion. 
<clears throat> registering puppies with official papers and inspecting breeders, quote, to ensure proper care and conditions. Many dog owners count on it, looking for that seal before purchasing a puppy. But critics say there's an ugly reality that you don't see. Some AKC breeders raising diseased dogs, malnourished, living in their own filth. It's so disturbing that now two of the country's largest animal welfare groups, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, which is the ASPCA, and the Humane Society of the United States are condemning the American Kennel Club. So basically their point is that, you know, if you're looking to buy a dog and you see that it has been, that it's AKC registered or that the breeder is AKC inspected, what they're saying is that it does not mean necessarily that the facility is a good facility, that it's a good responsible breeder. Um, It talks about this woman who assumed she was automatically getting a very healthy dog because the the website said that um, it was an AKC-inspected facility, which brings up one of the biggest points is that don't buy a dog from a website. If you're going to buy a dog, you have got to go there in person. Or your family member or best friend has been there in person and can vouch for it. Um, Or somebody who's reputable, who you would trust your dog's life with, has been there. But you have to go in person Because you can say anything on a website. You can practically say anything on a bag of dog food, let alone a website. So um, that's the first rule. But she assumed, because it said AKC inspected, that it was fine. And she said she ended up getting a very sick puppy uh, with a respiratory infection and had a congenital eye defect. And um, But the records show that the American Kennel Club had actually just inspected that kennel weeks earlier, and found them, quote, in compliance. So it says uh, the Today Show asked this woman, what what do you make of that? And she said, well, I would make that their standards must be very low. So the point of the story is that um, basically they're saying that the American Kennel Club's standards for breeders is low, and uh, the American Kennel Club is not happy with this piece. They met with uh, the Today Show, and they have a statement on this as well called The Facts the Today Show Didn't Tell You. And I'll post a link to that as well. You can read it in it. Read these both in their entirety and, and watch the piece, too. So the American Kennel Club was like, well, we are very disappointed in this segment, and what they didn't tell you is... And then they go and they list all of these things that the American Kennel Club does do that, um, you know, supports dogs and the industry and standards and and all this stuff. Based off of this information, I mean, I would have to agree that if it really was on record that the American Kennel Club inspected this facility just weeks prior and then they went and saw that these pets were living in really gnarly conditions, then that does tell me that that they are, uh, you know, that the standards are low. And I already knew that anyway. It does. I mean, it's just it's just a membership. Um, now, they did impose they did start doing inspections in the 90s. One of the points that they make that the American Kennel Club makes is that um, in there, um, the facts the Today Show didn't tell you is uh, 
Well, they didn't tell you that AKC saw substandard breeders leave the registry in droves in the mid-90s when we instituted an inspections program. We did it anyway, even though it affected our bottom line negatively because it was the right thing to do for dogs. And more breeders left when we began DNA testing also. So, I don't know, they got pretty defensive, which I guess makes sense, but um, also in compliance, you know, it does seem like, I, I know from first, you know, just from personal experience working in the industry for over a decade that they're not the highest standards, unfortunately. Um, quite the story, though, that the ASPCA and the Humane Society of the United States are speaking out. It's kind of like this, you know, the two sides. My point, though, is what about the friggin' USDA? And the fact that these conditions are legal in the first place. The bigger issue, it is important. I mean, the American Kennel Club is a is generally, you know, a very highly highly regarded organization. They do so much. You know, they 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 do a lot of good. Um, but this aspect of it is definitely problematic. I mean, their standards for their breeders is problematic. But so is the ability to to enforce that. It takes. A, a huge budget to pay inspectors to go and inspect the sites to go in person. I mean, I don't know how many breeders are registered with the AKC, but it's got to be a lot. And so to actually send people out, and this is the same problem that the USDA has with their inspections of puppy mills, which shouldn't even be legal in the first place, but they are. Um, that their standards are like, I mean, it's basically, to me, personally, my opinion is that they're like non-existent because, I mean, the conditions are just horrendous, let alone the fact that we have millions of dogs every year that get euthanized because they have nowhere to live. And yet we have these factory farms mass producing puppies and shelters overflowing at the same time. It's, I mean, it's insane, really. So <clears throat> it's an interesting piece it's interesting to hear this sort of, you know, the AKC versus the ASPCA. And, and, the, and, and I think it's good pressure for the American Kennel Club to feel. Um, I don't think that they're all bad at all, but I, it does seem like their standards for inspections for their breeders are low. Um, just based off of the evidence that was presented in this story. Um, but for me... It's pointing the finger at the American Kennel Club, uh, you know, and they certainly do carry, um, you know, people do look to them. But, I mean, what about the USDA and these puppy mills? You know, what about that? I mean, it's not even they're talking about the American Kennel Club standards. What about the standards of this country and how we treat our animals and the laws that exist that are in place or not in place to protect the welfare of animals who are being raised in these types of factory farms? And it's not just dogs. Um, I mean, it's just wacky. Interesting story, though. Um, oh, I will post uh, links to both of these so that you can read them in full for yourself. It's a doozy. Um, you know, I'll be curious to see how this how this unfolds if the American Kennel Club, um, you know, changes anything within them. One thing that the American Kennel Club did say in response, which isn't really speaking directly to this, but that um, something about the 
American, oh, here it is. They didn't tell you that less than 5% of the American Kennel Club's registration revenue comes from commercial breeders, and that they also didn't tell you that the American Kennel Club is a not-for-profit organization whose total revenues are less than the total marketing budget of the Humane Society of the United States, which isn't speaking to their standards or really the issue. But, you know, I would like to see maybe instead of these two HSUS and ASPCA versus the American Kennel Club, how about joining forces and maybe using some of that huge budget that it, that the American Kennel Club is accusing the Humane Society of having and work together and start enforcing more inspections? I don't know. I mean, this is one of the biggest issues in the dog world in general. So the there's not an easy answer for it. But I just one of the first things that came to my mind was like, what about the USDA and puppy mills? That to me is a bigger issue. Although and I'm not saying that this is not a big issue because the AKC standards, I think, is something that needs to be looked at for sure. And I think it's great just having this conversation somewhere on the Today Show that reaches so many people to at least educate people to not buy dogs online. Go in person, meet them, um, you know, all that stuff. So interesting stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. I'm going to talk about uh, some things that I heard that are directed towards people. Uh, The five aspects of the language of love, are you speaking them, and how they relate or not relate to how I would perceive dogs would experience them. And then also a um, interesting piece from Forbes.com, not my website, although that is my last name. I wish it was, um, but uh, Forbes, as in Forbes magazine, um, <clears throat> about leadership. And they had a piece um, that was interesting, eight ways to undermine yourself as a leader. And they're speaking in the human world, but I'm speaking in the dog world. How do these per- pertain and um, relate to dogs as well. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Medusia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. 
call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com Radio for your body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. If you missed me say earlier in the show, playing Pink today to celebrate the fact that I got tickets to see her. Exciting. Don't know if she has a dog, but we did determine Pink would be a cute name for a dog. So, a couple more things. Uh, heard on the radio that uh, there's a little piece about the language of love. And are you speaking the language of love? I think that this was specifically geared towards women. Um, top five uh, points about um, the love language. I thought it was interesting just as I'm always thinking about how things relate to dogs. The first one was words of affirmation. So basically praise and how people, um, this segment was specifically geared towards women, but how that's important to feel loved, to be praised, words of affirmation. Second one was quality time, which I can totally, I mean, the first two, I think, relate to dogs 100%. Um, I, I would say even more so, I mean, I think it would assume that quality time is a positive experience. Um, what I see dogs are, in some cases, desperate for is quality time. And what I mean by quality time is where they're being, where their brains are being engaged and that their human is connecting with them intellectually and not just giving them praise and petting them. But just especially these dogs that are like high drive, like, you know, I'm working with this German shepherd right now who's just like, I am so bored. I'm out coming out of my skin. I need something to do. And, and this is a very high drive German shepherd. And the guy's just like doesn't know what the dog needs. He just thinks he needs physical exercise. And this dog needs to work. Quality time. Engage with me. Engage my brain. My gosh. Dogs are just dying for that. Um, and then the other receiving gifts, I don't really think that that applies to dogs, just given the differences between the species. Uh, acts of service, maybe. I think that's just sort of like being nice or being generous, but I'm not sure 
you know, I don't think dogs experience that as much as we do. And then physical touch, which I think depending on the dog, for sure. Some dogs love it. Some dogs not so much. So I think that one really depends on the dog. But that was true for people, too. They said that some people um, respond more to these than others. Some people are more oriented to physical touch than other people. So, you know, and dogs are individuals as well. So that makes sense, too. Interesting little piece. And then this um, article uh, from Forbes.com, Forbes magazine, eight ways to undermine yourself as a leader. So I thought, ooh, how does this, you know, what are they saying? And uh, how does this relate to leadership with dogs? Because there are actually quite a few parallels. Uh, And it says, as entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time honing our leadership style and working tirelessly to ensure our teams are motivated to work with us. So there's dog training right there. You could just insert dog Working tirelessly to ensure our dogs are motivated to work with us. Not really much of a difference. Countless resources to improve on various attributes you utilize both in and out of the office, but there's less information readily available on pitfalls to avoid. So how might you be undermining yourself as a leader? Number one, absolutely relates to dogs, violate trust. A working relationship, you know, good leaders, this is something I think I don't, maybe the world, but certainly the country uh, in general, I think, uh, you know, person to person, people gen- aren't necessarily really great leaders. And one of the biggest misconceptions with dogs is that if you establish yourself as an authority, that it means that you are going to be unpleasant in doing so. Since when? It's this total collapse in the world of dog training that if you're going to be a powerful presence and an authority and establish respect, that you're also going to be um, intimidating and unpleasant and harsh and all this stuff. And it's just not true. Um, And so interesting that that from Forbes.com, the first thing that they put is what's the number one way that you undermine yourself as a leader is you violate trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes beyond straightforward lying, which would be an obvious point. Um, But it says you can lose all important team members' trust by not doing what you say. Don't make promises that you won't keep, big or small. So being consistent. um, If you're asking a dog to work for you, um, you know, and ask any, um, you know, someone who works with a dog, whether it be in scent detection or, you know, I've talked about this when I've, I just recently talked with two people with guide dogs, Um, talked with Toby Willis, who's the founder and president of Independence Guide Dogs, just last week. Um, And he works with a guide dog himself. He's visually impaired. And then I also talked with Janine Prindle, who has a guide dog, Cranberry. Uh, We talked with her just right before the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Oh, my gosh. The trust there is amazing. Don't violate trust. Um, Being selfish. Uh, as a way to undermine yourself as a leader. I think I could relate this to dogs, but that one's not as obvious. Lack focus and flip-flop on priorities. Oh, lack focus is huge. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people who are trying to work with their dog and train their dog, but the person is not focused on what they're doing. So why would the dog be focused on them? Because the dogs know. Oh, you're totally distracted. You're you're thinking about, you know, 
and this is hard for people in general, to just slow down. I've said this over and over again on the show. Slow down. Get present. Get present to your dog. And your dog will know when you are. It's not a time to multitask. Certainly not flip-flopping on priorities. That's consistency. Um, <clears throat> a couple of these ones, be, be user unfriendly. I think this is more for people. Um, deal in fantasy instead of science. Uh, it's really more for people. Um, lack passion and creativity. So I would say that to me reads with dogs as just not being authentic. Like if you're praising your dog and you want your dog to feel good about what it is that they're doing, you want to be praising them. You want them to feel it. Have it be thick. Oh, that's such a good job, especially when it's really hard for the dog to do that. Letting them know, oh, that was so good. That was such a huge part of the work that we did with that dog that I talked about in the first segment of the show, the Greyhound Great Dane Mix. We were like, you are the most amazing dog in the world when she was getting it right, and she was totally eating that up. Um, and I love this one. Act as if it's just about what you say. Um, this is great because, of course, dogs are not verbal. Dogs are really more paying attention to what it is that you do and how you do it. It's not really the words at all that matter to your dog. Remember, dogs are not verbal. If you go to, you know, if you watch dogs interacting with each other, they're not sitting around on couches discussing their day or their week. They're they're active. They're moving. They're energetic. All that good stuff. So. So, in celebration of my tickets to see Pink. And can I say that uh, according to the Internet, and we always know the Internet's correct, right? Right. Uh, Pink does have a few dogs. And she actually a had few a few dogs. A few dogs. And she had a, a bulldog named Elvis that sadly passed on. Apparently, she had an elaborate funeral for it. So, she oh. is a, definitely a dog lover. Maybe she should come on the show. That would be nice. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I'll work on that. All right, enjoy this wonderful pink song, and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, 2 to 3 p.m. live. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Please, please, don't leave me.